Let's hear some of that movie chat. Credits roll by and I tip my hat. Credits roll by, I wanna know more right away. Let's have some of that movie chat. Credits roll by, tell me who did that. Life in the credits is where I wanna play. Welcome to Life in the Credits. This is the show where we learn about entertainment by chatting with people who work in the industry. I'm Susan. And I'm Ben. And today we're discussing not one, not two, but three films, Superbad, Predator, and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And join us today, our special guests. We have three guests today, hosts of the podcast, The Tender One, and Go Flicks Yourself. We have Brad Oman, Ben Conowitz, and Nate Lauk. So welcome, guys. Hey, guys. Hi, how are you guys? Hello. Hey. Hello, I'm Brad. <laughs> and I'm Ben. That's me. That's them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, for guys, for being here. This is our special 100th episode. And so we want to do something very special and bring in friends to talk about their shows on our show. So thanks for being here. It's a big honor for us. Yeah, we're pretty we're pretty excited. We don't have other friends. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no one invites us on their podcast. We bring people on our podcast. We beg people to come on ours. Yeah. So. Well, this is also a checkup on you guys. Yeah. Honest with you, we're a little worried. Yeah. We feel we feel very honored that you chose to to invite us on your show. Thank you very much. So what is it you guys do on your shows? Well, it's a lot of tomfoolery. Uh, I think and and skullduggery uh, and shenanigans. A little bit even a malarkey. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. A couple of rapscallions over here. Oh yeah, at, at least two rapscallions um, and one uh, dastardly devil. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, this is basically actually what we do on really the show. Is. This is exactly we read a thesaurus and see what we can call each other. <laughs> yes, you're in a good preview. Yes. So, Go Flix Yourself is our our movie podcast. Uh, although we've been having arguments recently about whether or not it's also a TV podcast. It's not. Ben says it's not. Actually, but it is. <laughs> we started off basically by doing the podcast. Uh, it was originally Ben and I. We have two guests. Uh, this is when we were doing stand-up comedy a lot, so a lot of them were frequently our comedian friends. Uh, but then the most recent iteration for about a year and a half now, uh, we've had Nate as our other co-host. Um, and it's created a whole new dynamic that we really like because not only do we not have to worry about getting a guest if we don't want to because we have the three of us to keep a conversation going, um, but it just brings a, a new kind of flair and, and flavor to it because of Nate's love for pop culture and like his different taste in, in movies from us. Yeah, we started actually uh, as a Doug Loves Movies kind of ripoff podcast where we I listened to that show uh, and it was like they played movie games and they talked about the last movies they saw and I was like, for those of you don't know, that's a that's a, another movie podcast hosted by comedian Doug Benson. And it's like, why why can't we just do that? And so I just wanted to do a local version of that. It didn't grow away from that for probably a year. And then eventually it just got to the point where we started kind of making up our own games and then taking it into Doing another direction. Segments and, yeah, yeah, we did different. We started talking about trailers, which he doesn't do. And then now it's a completely different show compared to that. It, it went from kind of a, what we call a ripoff or homage in the industry as <laughs> to something original and, and our own thing. And, and Nate has been just a huge addition to that because the, the narrative structure of the show has changed enough that, again, like Brad said, we're not pressured to find a guest every week so mm -hmm. then it can be just kind of a, a a more regular show by the way coordinating i'm sure you guys know schedules is always the worst thing so yeah. knowing that the three of us could just sit down weekly and talk about the last movies we saw and play some stupid movie trivia games and talk about some trailers that's really what the show's about plus nate's a good equalizer to ben and brad's salt and pepper yeah we do like to just <laughs> yell at each other a lot and he's a he's very even killed no. yeah, they're not joking it actually makes me uncomfortable and i wanted to talk about that because sometimes they it, it's it's you would say a little bit like brothers fighting, but it's mm -hmm. it's more married people, yeah. like married brothers, not knowing married, if it's brothers. at the time for a divorce or not, right. and then. 
I am the child that has to to, to cry in the corner yeah. saying, guys, can't we just finish talking about this trailer? And then we <laughs> edit it all out and it, it comes together happy. You hide yeah. the pain from the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And that's where the magic And yeah. I just talked to my therapist about it. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> so, Nate, what is 10 to 1 about then? So we had so much fun doing Go Flix Yourself because, again, this is also just our excuse to hang out um, because we are all friends as well. And we so, don't hang out any other time. Yeah. <laughs> and so one of the things that we found that we all three love and have been influenced by our whole lives, really, is Saturday Night Live. We, we love, uh, obviously, we love comedy, but we, we particularly love sketch comedy. And so I think the three of us have been watching SNL since we were boys, quite quite literally. And so um, we wanted to just kind of say, okay, I bet there's other people that love talking about SNL mm-hmm. as well. It's a little more niche than our other podcast, but we have found that actually there's a significant amount of people that like to talk about Saturday Night Live and particularly Austin Butler when we had that episode, <laughs> <laughs> which was by far records. <laughs> and so we, we talk about the sketches, we talk about the host dynamics. We even get to talk a little bit about the history of SNL. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. been fun, because we're now two seasons into it, is you build a culture and you build a, a shared podcast history as well. Right, right. So we get to reference things. Yeah, so it's just a Saturday Night Live rewatch podcast. So now that there's an actor strike, and we certainly want to support and the actors strike. and writers yeah. that are on strike right now, uh, this summer to keep that podcast going, every other week we're starting a uh, kind of combining our Go Flix Yourself a little bit. We're, we're re-watching Saturday Night Live films. So we just watched The Blues Brothers. Cool. And coming up next week, we're going to be watching Wayne's World. We talk about uh, what we loved about it, you know, what we ne- don't necessarily love, but also get into how those films were birthed. Um, and sketch get history. into from at Saturday Night Live, but sometimes even before that, yep. when they were doing sketch comedy, you know, at uh, in Chicago or in Canada, these kind of things. So it's just a lot of fun to kind of dive into that. We like doing the work for that as well. So. Yeah. Awesome. And we're going to keep that going as long as Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. you know, because right now they would be on summer break right now anyway, right. but the strike, we don't know when they're going to come back, right. you know, for like shows so we'll see yeah and i do love how you guys have like pivoted it to keep it about snl and keep content making content with the movies so i think that was a really good idea thanks and then do you want to talk about the name of that podcast because even the name sure. is kind of uh, so the, the 10 to 1 is what we landed on yeah. because it used to be used to be that for many many decades the the 10 to 1 sketch that would be the the sketch closest to 1 a.m the last uh, sketch the last night. sketch of the night and so that would be the weird one, right? They would let anything go. Nobody's watching anymore. Hey, let's just let the weird people be weird. And maybe the writers came up with something that like, this won't air. You know what? Screw it. Let's put a, a, the last sketch of the night. Uh, we've decided that with the addition really of Sarah Sherman more than anything to, yeah. the, to the cast, that they're doing kind of the 10 to 1, maybe the third sketch of the night, maybe sometimes the second sketch of the night. So that's kind of gone by the wayside, but the moniker is still there. And uh, we really, we think that that kind of describes kind of our sensibility as far as being just the weird idiots that want to talk about stuff. Because not to get too far into Saturday Night Live, but we can talk all day about it as well. Mm-hmm. But Saturday Night Live, kind of influenced by TikTok culture, all these kind of things, the absurdist humor that's become yeah. very popular totally. has embraced that as well, which is great. And so we always appreciate and kind of laugh at when people say, well, Saturday Night Live's not funny anymore. Actually, some of the funniest things I've seen on SNL yeah. has come in the last two years. Um, it's been very, very funny. It's just a different brand of humor. Mm-hmm. Right. And right. so, and it could take a little while to get used to it because, again, sometimes it's weird 
but it is just so funny. Yeah. It is cool to see, actually, SNL is one of those things that's been around so long. You can literally see how comedy has changed by watching the show. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yep. When you were starting to come up with the shows, how long did it take you before you felt like you got into a rhythm? And like, really, I mean, you talked about how it started as like a Doug Love Movies podcast. How long did it take you before you really realized like, oh, we can make this an original thing? It kind of just happened naturally, actually. Like, yeah. it wasn't really ever a thing where we decided to suddenly be original. It's just that we started doing things that, Douglas movies wasn't doing and it just kind of happened naturally I, I wish we could go back and kind of figure out when we started talking about certain things I think we always point to episode 40 of yeah. Reflect Yourself as being the kind of a turning point for us because we didn't of course know what the fuck we were doing for the first whatever it was still really don't but we listened to some of those early episodes and it, they're so stilted we're, we're talking at the exact same time or we're asking a question there's a long pause that we didn't know how to edit just really bad podcast I think that a couple things happened near the 40th episode. Number one, we had enough inside baseball that if people had been listening for the whole time, they started to be like, oh, this is, nobody will get that but me. And that makes you feel like you're a member yeah. of the clubhouse and it's a lot more fun. And then number two, we've had re enough repeat guests and you guys were part of that, of course, oh, yeah. uh, multiple times on the show, but the Starkey brothers and uh, some of our other uh, comedian friends had been on multiple times at that point. So it became more of a shared experience. Mm -hmm. And then also we, the Cars universe <laughs> is actually one of the things that we early on like why do the cars have door handles like what you know that kind of thing and we really d delved into that uh and then we started doing really stupid impressions and voices like we did trash, there used, there trash used to be yeah there used to be a lot shit. more weird bits that we used to do. We, we've kind of pulled back on that mostly because we're trying to keep the podcast a little bit tighter because our a, episodes used two, to be two, hour and a half, half to two hours long yeah, yeah. it's a two hour <laughs> and i just didn't care we just uh, yeah, we were just, we were because we were not really marketing for an audience and we're still really not but we we know that people only have a limited amount of time we'd, we'd love them to spend it with us really hard to ask for two hours weekly for that to happen but i remember that probably the hardest i ever laughed on the show is when the first time that I we decided to do Tom Hardy as mm -hmm. a character and it was like I'm Tom Hardy from yeah. the bush and and it doesn't sound fucking anything yeah. like, right but it didn't matter he's like well what, what do you think Tom Hardy's got to say about that and we just jump into it and, he, and Brad is really really good at improv and so the back and forth there was just so delightful and just crying laughing so hard and I remember all that kind of coalesced right around the 40th 45th episode is really where I think we found our voice yeah and then one of the things that kind of took off just randomly too is like uh we have at the beginning of every episode of go flicks yourself a quote-unquote sponsor uh and this can just came from my love of new flavored soft drinks and snacks and so i always bring something random to the show that ben and nate haven't tried and like that's the sponsor even though they have nothing to no do one's with ever this. paid us real money however if you listen to the show you would not know that because i say and we really like to thank the coca-cola corporation for sending us a real check mm -hmm. yeah yeah so yeah that's 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 one thing that's been a lot of fun too as the the show has it's been out. More fun for Brad uh, because sometimes <laughs> he brings are just awful, but yeah, um, because yeah. he delights in giving me awful things. Oh, to, mustard to, jelly beans, that's fun. Yeah, but I've um, never given you mustard jelly yeah, beans. Yeah, but you thought about it. No, we did taco ones one time. We did. So, I mean, we've known each other for, for several years now, and I mean, we've always had the same passion for movies and for stories. So, what is it about movies that you love so much? For me, this passion you know for it really just started when i was a kid because i just watched movies nonstop. you know my parents had a a bunch of movies recorded on tapes for that yeah. we got from the movie channel you know right. so like i grew up watching uh, Willy wonk and the chocolate factory and ferris bueller's day off yeah. and uh weirdly enough i saw rain man at a very young age like at an age where like uh, why would any 
child be remotely interested in watching <laughs> Rain Man, but I loved it's Rain the Man. card counting. Kids love card counting. I, I, I do think that was part of it because I, I have a gambling problem. <laughs> uh, I can trace it no, back. I, I think a big part of it w- actually was the repetition from Dustin Hoffman's performance as Raymond because he has autism in the movie. I think there was something just as a kid like latching on to like that and seeing like a grown man a- acting essentially like a child in that moment was something about it was fascinating to me. But I, I love that movie so much to the point where, um, you know, those uh, cars where you wind them back and oh, they yeah. drive off. I had like a collection of those cars. I loved cars when I was a kid and I was obsessed with finding a car that looked exactly like that one. And the closest I had, w- w- it wasn't actually a Buick Roadmaster, but it was one that I deemed. It was a pickup it, truck. It was, <laughs> 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 it was a Volkswagen Beetle. Uh, but no, it was, Close enough, and I played with it so much that like if you, I I still have it too. If you look at it today, like the paint is chipped all over and everything like that. But like, but I, I love Rain Man so much. Um, but so but from from that, you know, I've just always been fascinated by stories that they tell you know about about characters that you don't necessarily meet you know in your life take you to places that you don't ever get to see and experience you know that's why I like sci-fi and fantasy and, and adventure movies and all that stuff so for me it's just, it's always been just this unlimited potential that storytelling has of taking you somewhere and showing you something that you otherwise wouldn't get to see or experience and it's it's just always been there since i was a kid conowitz i think it's probably the shared experience for me i i love one of my favorite things in the world is to step outside of a theater after seeing a movie with a group of friends and spending the next if we have time now this doesn't happen as much anymore everybody's got busy lives and like well guys gotta go to bed we'll catch up later but it used to be that on a thursday night no matter what it was i would go to the midnight showing back then and then movie gets over at two o'clock in the morning and you're out you're literally till three o'clock in the morning standing in the parking lot laughing your ass off making fun of each other talking about the movie like that still carries over to this day where i have a podcast now that i get to talk about what the last movie i saw with my best friends that has never changed. And I think that the podcast grew out of that love for movies, which grew out of my love for my friends. So for me, that's probably what it's all about. Mm. That's awesome. Nate? Similar to these guys, I, I've loved films my whole life. But for me, you know, I, it's it's really interesting for, for Ben to say that because I, I actually would prefer to go to movies by myself. I I like the the feeling of the uh, going to the theater, the lights go down, and you are in a different world. Yeah. I was um, hoping he was just going to go into the Nicole Kidman monologue. Yeah. <laughs> Heartbreak feels good in a place like this. <laughs> yeah, and when I go to the theater, I want my heart broken. Uh, no. So I enjoy going to films by myself because one of my favorite things to do is I've got a job that takes a It's stressful. It mm. has a lot of executive function to it. Yeah. And so... I would take a long lunch sometimes and go to a film and just disappear into it. I wouldn't check my phone. I wouldn't do anything. And just for two hours, you're disappeared into somebody else's story. And if it's told well enough, you're not thinking about anything else other than the story that you're enraptured into. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what else can do that. I mean, songs can do that for five minutes. I've had great songs that have kind of taken me out of a moment. But really good films. And, and it doesn't even have to be, you know, a uh, hundred score on Rotten Tomato type thing. I'm just saying films that make you laugh or they make you feel something deeply. It, it is, there's nothing quite like it for me. It's just, it, it means so much to me. And, and I also love the idea that this thing was packaged but made by thousands of hands to give you something to enjoy or to think about or to cry with other people with. And it's just such a special – it is a communal experience in that way. I just love that. And so – Because we um, just gave three pretty unique answers, and I'm pretty proud of us. 
They were yeah. good too. So I mean, just films. It is though. I think uh, one of the things we 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 laugh a lot, we joke a lot, we tease mm-hmm. each other a lot. But we all three genuinely love films to a point where when strikes are happening or when things going on, yeah. it, it makes us concerned, but also frustrated because. Yeah. These things are important for mm-hmm. humanity. Honestly, they're just important for yeah, all of us. It's, and it's not just a selfishness. It is the selfishness of, oh, I want more content. We all do. But when you think about the lives of the people that give up so much to make us happy for two hours at a time, it just sucks you know, for them yeah. to, to not be able to go back to something they, they absolutely love right. doing it. I'm assuming that a lot of people get into that industry because they are, have, have a passion, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just a job for them. So that right now it really sucks. And let's, let's be honest. Most of the people making movies aren't getting rich, right? right? No. You, Right. We, we hear these, you know, major star salaries right. to a film, but most of the people making a film you know, on the behind the scenes stuff aren't getting rich. They're they're doing it because, like you said, they're passionate about this work. Yeah, background so, extra actors, yeah. extras, you know, you, like just the people who don't necessarily have, you know, full speaking parts, all, all that kind There's of stuff. There's very few know? people on a film getting really rich. Well, we it. just said it on the on our last podcast, like Sean William Scott in American Pie made $8,000. That's crazy. Right? So that should tell you he's a, he, at the time in that movie, biggest movie on the planet, and a guy made $8,000 for his whole career on that on that one movie, and that's it. So that's the kind and of stuff. And he was really, yeah. ended up being the star of that. Of I mean, course. Stifler is still a name that yeah. people know when you say it. And so it is, it's just an interesting thing. But, Films exist in our our communal zeitgeist in a way that I don't think anything else does. Yeah. And, you know, Oppenheimer, I don't know when you're releasing this, but Oppenheimer came out a couple of weeks ago. And I saw Barbie and Oppenheimer the same day. First time I've ever yeah. seen two movies in one day. And no one had talked about doing that. Nate came up with that. <laughs> and I was like, I'm like, guys, guys, have we ever thought about this? Yeah, um, ever done a, I call it a so, double feature. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> and I, I started tweeting about it and people are yeah. like, yeah, that sounds like great. But... It, it was so special to come out of Oppenheimer. I, you know, seen both films, but I came out of Oppenheimer. I saw it at an IMAX type of theater, and it we we went to our car talking about so much depth in our life. Yeah, that came precipitated from that film experience. And what else gives us that, right? Yeah. I mean, right. I guess reading might, but who mm. likes to read? No, come on. <laughs> but that's the difference between a movie and a book. Is like this is a communal experience, yeah. right? Even if you go by yourself, you're still in a theater. Yep. With others. You're laughing together. You're crying yeah. together. You're doing right. all those emotions together. Yeah. Right. And even people we've interviewed who work in the industry, they're like, well, we're not brain surgeons. You know, we know we don't do the most important thing on the planet. But I think especially with everything that's happened the last three years, like TV and film have become so important. Like that escapism or that just like processing of events, finding out about events. Right. I mean, During just the movies. pandemic, right? I mean, right. like yeah. people coming together for shows. Right. And, you yeah. Know. And you still got that community, even though we couldn't be with like no one could be with each other in the same room everyone was watching tiger king or whatever and i I think for me too like it's uh, to to piggyback off that is like it's not necessarily just like the thing that like uh you know gets you by during those kinds of times too because i think that that is something that is important about movies and tv shows all the time because there are endless amounts of possibilities for stories you can tell whether it's you know real figures from history or something that's fictional like you're telling stories that can like inspire somebody to do something they never thought that they could do before you know whether it's because uh like you know somebody like me who saw a, a dateline report on how Steven Spielberg made Jurassic Park. That was like yeah. one of like the definitive things that like made me realize, oh 
my god like this is a job that you can do where you can like right. make mm-hmm. a movie where like dinosaurs seem real and stuff like that and like you know completely floored me uh but like you you can see stories of real people who've done incredible things in history and like that's gonna inspire the next person to do something else great you know yeah. so like there's all these stories that they don't just move you for a time they might like inspire the rest of your life you mm-hmm. know yeah. yeah definitely like the nutty professor right yeah. exactly perfect mm-hmm well, what's the most challenging part of producing two podcasts? Dealing with each other. <laughs> <laughs> no, he looked right at me when he said it. I get it. He no, did. It's, it's Actually, never, it's I never dealing with me. Let's be honest. it, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Finding the time yeah. is probably, yeah. we, we all have extremely busy lives. All of us do. Um, we love it so much, but I want it to always be something where we, we if we're going to do it, Right. We always want to try to be in a good mood. Right. You don't ever want to record if you're pissed off because <laughs> it's a comedy podcast. A lot of times that you try to. to so like there have been times where we're like, hey, guys, I just don't have it tonight. And we've just kind of had to postpone for, for life reasons. And, and you, if anybody out there is thinking about starting your own podcast and doing it, do it because it's fun. Mm-hmm. Do it because you want to do it, but don't ever feel beholden to the damn thing. Definitely Otherwise, don't do it for the money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, there is no money. There never will be. But, but snacks. Do it, do it, there are snacks. <laughs> bad snacks. But do it for the reasons that you you just you want to do it because you want to. You would do it if you weren't recording. Yeah. Like we would be sitting here talking about these things if we weren't recording. Mm-hmm. And, and as you guys know, and anybody that produces a podcast at somewhat of a professional level know that the recording of the podcast is only a portion of the time, right? It's the editing. It's the getting it uploaded. It's the uh, getting getting the podcast hopefully into the right listener's hands, yeah. right? Um, because if you create and the these content, days, it is the social media too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you create the content, you 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 hope to find the community that will enjoy that content, right? Um, and that's not always easy on a, in a social media world that there's just a ton of stuff out there. And so, you know, it's not just the time we obviously try to. We've got a kind of a Sunday or Monday type of schedule where we try to record on one of those days. But then it's either Brad has to edit one podcast or I edit one podcast and then getting it posted and getting it out there and yeah. making sure our listeners know it's there. Yeah. Um, and plus, even though the com- the conversations that we have on the podcast are pretty spontaneous stuff like that, like we still have some reasonable amount of prep as far as... It takes a couple hours for me to prepare, yeah. Nate, Nate probably does the most preparation Absolutely. just because he likes to be like to research and be well-prepared well, with information. Well, on like the that. 10 to 1 especially because he will write down yeah. who wrote the sketches, the order that they came in. He's he's really directing the kind of the, that that part of it um and then writing a game it used to be even on back in the day that's kind of where we, we got away from writing some of the longer games because we used to play a leonard malton game which to come up with the categories that i mean I, I remember one day i spent a good six hours yeah just crafting this really elaborate fun game all these categories to pick from like when do i have time to do this <laughs> yeah. so now it's more like uh let's play uh, w- which franchise made the most money yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> who's wearing the most hats yeah. um but i i would like to play leonard malton game again yeah. <laughs> I love that game. That's such a fun game. It's um, but no, and on top of that too, like it's uh, because it's a movie podcast, we do have to watch movies outside yeah. of the thing. And, and sure, that's fun for us to do. But like, we also do a thing on Go Fix Yourself where, uh, and this is relatively new with uh, Nate being on the podcast, is we each assign each other a movie. So right. and we're trying to get. It's always a movie that they haven't seen. So you do have to take the time to actually do that. And you know, I, by the way, my favorite, one of my favorite parts about this iteration of our show is being assigned a movie I've never seen before. Even if I'm like, oh, I don't know, and I sit down, I'll say 80% of the time I end up really liking it. And then and there's- And the 20% of the films that I give well, them that are 20, musical. 20, 20% of the film is Fiddler on the Roof. It's yeah, nine yeah. hours long. <laughs> I love it. 
Do you guys have any moments from either show or both shows? You can do more than one. Um, that's just a favorite moment or like a really memorable, like, I can't believe this is happening moment. Well, one of the best ones is uh, like we talked about around episode 40 was when like we got it's it's a, mem- a sh- episode that sticks out just because of how well it went. Like you couldn't have written a better execution of how the game went. And it was because of how I structured the answers intentionally to frustrate Ben because I, I, I know how he thinks when it comes to answering certain things. And it was just the way that it was structured where I kept alternating. Uh, it was a certain certain. certain it, so it was it was based on uh, the, the game was the, the answer to the final question was Mother's the movie Mother's Day. And he had structured it. So like Valentine's Day. And New Year's Day, they made all these day movies, right? And so I was like, I was, I, he just kept throwing me off. And then finally, in my head, of course, I was like, there's no fucking way that it's Mother. And so I didn't guess that. It ended up being Mother's Day. And of course, it sounds so stupid to talk about this, but the way that it flowed and the way the guests were interacting with us and the way that it ended up, you lit, like Brad said, you couldn't have scripted it. And I haven't seen four people laugh harder yeah. in, a, in a room in, in forever. And that was just the kind of thing that, and again, I think that's a shared one for us that, that'll stick out for a, for a long time. Yeah. Uh, for, for sure. Yeah. It's really interesting in when you create content like this and mm-hmm. you you sometimes feel like, oh, that was a really good episode. And you put it out there and you hope everyone enjoys it. Right. And it's not the one that everyone loves, right? Um, and then you put something else out and you think, eh, it, it's it's a show. We did it. We <laughs> yeah. got you know? it. We checked and the you box. put it out there and somehow we're getting people Fire. feedback yeah. from sure, Australia, sure. from every you know, these yeah. kind of things. It is one of my favorite things that we get is when we get feedback from other people. You know, for some reason, when you create this stuff, I still only think the three of us are listening, right? We've got friends that we know are listening, but like, it's hard to think of people in that we've never met in other places are listening to us be idiots. Um, But that's that's the case, and we get Mm -hmm. reviews and things like that, and it is such an honor, but also just incredible to see. To that end, Nate will text us and he'll say, "Do you know this person?" Thinking that like right, one of our like friends, this, right. and I'm like, no, do you? No, wait, what? Yeah. Okay, okay, what do we do? Yeah, that is a cool feeling when you're like, like our friends of friends listen, like people you have a connection to. But when like we've had some guests come on and be like, oh, I listened, I started listening to it. It's a great show. I was like, oh my god, like a real person listens to us that yes, we don't exactly. know. This is so insane. you can cut this if you want because it, yeah. it takes a second to tell. But I was uh, so for my regular business, I I measure houses for a living yeah. basically. So I'm out in a yard and this like three, four years ago and I'm measuring and there's a pool party going on. And I, I was like, I'm just here to uh, measure the house. I'll, I'll be out of here in a minute. And he goes, Hey, Hey, do you do a, a podcast on movies? What? And I was like, what? <laughs> and he goes, it's like, go, fl- f- f- go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's called go flicks yourself. Yeah. Yeah, man. I listen to every episode. He was a kid. That's he was so like cool. 19 and his, his mom's house. And he just, mm-hmm. he was like, are you better Brad? <laughs> It's like, I'm Ben. Thank you for listening. I've got to go. It just felt so yeah, weird. But yeah, it's awesome. that, cool, a moment that I'll never forget. Right? Yeah. And it kind of makes you feel like, oh, it is kind of worth it yeah. to do all this work. Because it's a ton of work. It's and a like, ton Brad, of work, you yeah. do the editing. That's even more work. All right, guys. Well, we got one more question before we wrap up and move on to our movies. So that question is, what advice do you guys have out there for people who want to get started on their own podcast? Yeah. I mean, honest, honestly, the biggest thing is don't do a podcast because like you want to do something that's going to like please a specific audience or because you want to become popular or, you know, make money or anything like that. 
just do it because you it's something that you want to do and it's something that you're passionate about and you want to talk about because like for us even though we do have to spend time doing stuff like the, when we do this like we feel like we're hanging out and just yeah. goofing around like it never feels like all right time to get to work and, and to God, do the I, podcast and make I mean, the gravy i don't know how other people feel about this but i have never and, and it's gonna come out as a self-slam here i've never thought that much about it uh, in here <laughs> like saying oh i wonder what i should say next that would make somebody like me no you listening. have never thought about what you're gonna say <laughs> <laughs> but realistically it's 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 taking that to say like if brad asked me a question i'm not gonna think about anything other than how is this gonna be how can i either make fun of this or how can i laugh at this or how can i make it funny for us in this room only and if somebody else decides they find it funny too those are our people and we yeah. found quite a few of them yeah so i think just really just having something that you're passionate about that you want to do and that you would do if if you weren't getting paid or without any other motivation other than it's something that you enjoy like that's what it's about because honestly that's why i got into the the job that i have uh will i, I we talked about that i'll be on another episode of the podcast yeah. to talk about my career uh and for those that who don't know me uh i write and edit for a website called slashfilm.com where we write about movies and tv shows and uh, i've had this job uh for roughly 15 years now um where i've been writing about movies and tv in some form online and for me, like it's something that I did myself uh, in college. I started my own blog just because I wanted to write about movie and TV news and write reviews and that kind of stuff. And so I did it just because I wanted to. And I ended up falling into it as a career and I love it. And, you know, there are days where, yeah, sure, it, sometimes it feels like work, but most of the time my work is infinitely better than anybody else's <laughs> daily work just because I get to do what I love, you know? Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And, and if you want to get into, uh, there is no shortage of podcasts, right? Mm -hmm. As right. we know. Try to find your unique voice in the podcasting world, right? Yeah. Um, if you, for us, it's three friends. Uh, obviously, Brad's in the industry. Ben and I aren't, but our our, our niche is we've got great banter, the three yeah. of us, and we enjoy each other. Um, when you can stick around for a couple episodes, you start getting some of the jokes that we're talking about a little bit more. Or you start, we get sometimes messages from people, hey, haven't heard this game in a while. Or, you know, or they'll send us a voice memo on our website, um, making fun of Ben, uh, which is always one of the, our favorite things. Yep. Uh, my uh, favorite too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but just just find your niche and then just just be diligent and be committed to it and make it happen. Yeah, that would be the, the last thing we should end on with that is you, you got to do it consistently. The yeah. only we, we found out just through our analytics, right? If we post weekly and we do that for about a month and a half to two months, then we get the highest track we, we will ever get. If we take hiatuses or we're up or, or we're posting like on a Saturday rather than a Tuesday when, mm -hmm. you know, people are, are kind of used to seeing it. The best podcasts in the world are there for a reason. They are consistent and it comes out on the same day every time. Yeah. Now, we don't release on the same day because we're not that professional about it. We can't be with yeah. our schedules, but that would be the... the we try to. The, yeah. Yeah. That would yeah, be, I would say it's usually Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, that would be the, 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 real, the real test, though, of, of somebody who's taking it that seriously would be like, you, you, are, you never miss a week and you literally, th the same day and time. Because yeah. if, you, if you go to Smartlist or some of these other... Big, I mean, they're, they're releasing the exact same day and the exact same time every single week. Let's get to our featured films. Tara discussing three movies. Nate's pick was Superbad, a 2007 comedy directed by Greg Matola and written by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. It stars Michael Cera, Jonah Hill, and Chris Verman's Plus. Ben's pick was Predator, a 1987 action movie directed by John McTiernan and written by Jim and John Thomas. It stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, Carl Weathers, and Kevin Peter Hall. 
and Brad's pick was Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, a 2004 drama directed by Michelle Gondry and written by Charlie Kaufman, Michelle Gondry, and Pierre Bemith. It stars Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet. So, Susan, can you give us a very quick breakdown for each of these films? What are they about? Yeah, I'm just going to do like a one-sentence thing. Do it. Just so we have plenty of time to talk about them. So, obviously, super bad. Um, two friends about to end high school, have one more summer before college, and they are determined to hook up with the girls that they are both crushing on. Um, they're going to this huge party. They have to go on this voyage to get alcohol for it, which gets insane, which we'll talk about more. But um, really just like watching two friends have an awesome time but also process like the fact that they are going to have to leave each other they've been together since they were like eight years old i think and then we have predator just arnold schwarzenegger in the jungle <laughs> yeah, <laughs> going that's after it, that's an alien hunter I he's mean, a warrior he's been dropped on the planet he's just picking everybody off skinning them and then we have uh eternal sunshine and spotless mind jim carrey kate Winslet, sort of a sci-fi romantic drama and they just are two people who are in a relationship. Relationship goes sour. And then they hire a doctor to help them literally forget each other, erase each other from their brain. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. So let's get into these movies. We're going to start with Nate. So you picked Superbad. Nate, why did you choose this film? So Superbad is such an interesting film because it is one of the funniest films I've ever watched. Yeah. But we often think of comedies as, we can think of comedies as second-rate films, right? They're not supposed to be well-made films. They're just supposed to make you laugh in a way, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Superbad, though, for me, is also one of the most well-made films. It just keeps moving from start to finish. Uh, the, the, the acting is fantastic. The script is really well done. And it tells a story that I, I, I absolutely love. One of the things that I, I love about Superbad is... Sometimes when you watch a film and you, you see it for the first time, you think, oh, that, that's resonant with me. Because the relationship that Michael, Sarah, and Jonah Hill have in this of two best friends, because I, I believe it's a, actually a romantic film about the two best friends, yeah, right? right? There's 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 something between them, not romantically, but right. it's about two best friends learning that they're actually going to miss each other, that they, they love each other, and it's okay, right? And I had friends like that as well that, you know, here in the Midwest, you know, where we've, we play sports and basketball and things like this, but we also just genuinely loved each other. And we dealt with, um, the deaths of our parents sometimes. And we dealt with, you know, struggling in school. Sometimes we dealt with, you know, different things, uh, breakups together. And then all of a sudden you went through this, this space of your life together and all of your memories have been formed with these same people and you're getting ready to part ways. And so I, th there was there was a seriousness to the film that I felt as yeah. well. And so um, I, I picked this film because it, it bends genre for me a little bit because there is a seriousness to the film other than just a comedy. But it's also one of the funniest films that I know of. It's a film I can watch at any time and just, just laugh as much as I can. And it also does this thing. You know, we talked about this before. When we say Stifler, we think of American Pie immediately, right? And there's other things that you can think of, other names that are connected to movies. McLovin, right? Yep. It is yeah. a part of the cultural zeitgeist. Everyone knows McLovin. That's still something today. And so when yeah. a film can do that, you know, um, I just I just absolutely love it. And so it's lighthearted but serious. It's, it's funny but has an undercurrent of a a serious moment in somebody's life. Um, so I love this film. 
Yeah, I love the relationship, as you mentioned, not only between the, the two leads, but also all of the characters. Yep. I love the cops. They're also natural. They feel real. They feel like real kids yep. uh, in the movie, even though it's like, oh, that's Emma Stone in her first movie. And, you know, that's like where she got her big break. Yep. And, you know, all these people have gone on to do other stuff and bigger stuff. But this movie does feel like a snapshot of a real kid at that time trying to do stupid things because that's what kids do. And, you know, not really understanding, you know, the right way about relationships. They just think buying alcohol is going to save the party. It's going to get them the girl. You know, it's very simple thinking, but the journey they go on is so fun. And and as you mentioned, I mean, there's just some really good character acting in there. Um, uh, Joe Latruglio. Yeah, Latruglio. He's awesome. Has such great lines in this film, yeah. and it's I think the first film I remember him in. And honestly, he's only in the movie. Like, um, yeah, but he just brings it to life. Um, the scene when they're at the party where they steal the alcohol from, such you know, so many funny scenes in that 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 are uh, so many funny moments in that that scene. I just I love it. But as you said too, Bill Hader and Seth Rogen play the cops. And there's an endearing moment where at the end where they're talking to McLovin, they're like, yeah, we, we knew the whole time right. you weren't McLovin, right? We just we just wanted you to have a good time, right? And they're, I don't know why, it just it was so endearing, right? So I'm like, totally. I love how this film was made uh, from start to finish. There's not a down point in the movie. It just moves, and I, I love it. Yeah, I, I adore Super Bad. It's I, I think one of my favorite things about it, and this is something that uh Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg are particularly good at, is they're they have an incredible ability to make a movie that is incredibly raunchy and inappropriate, mm, yeah. but also super charming and, yeah. and still has a That's lot of That's hard. Heart. That yeah, is hard. It really yeah. is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, especially for like those characters, like so many things that Jonah Hill says in this movie are so offensive and so stupid. But you still care for that yeah, character. Yeah, because I had that friend. I yeah. had that yeah. friend. Right. I'm right. that friend. I'm sad to say Brad's His right name's there. Brad. <laughs> no, like, like, and this is, like, it, it's it's one of those inappropriate lines, but one of the ones that sticks out to me, and, like, because it's, it's such a, a specific wording and so strange, and it's exactly the kind of crass behavior you'd expect from a teenage boy is when uh, Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah they see a girl that they know from high school near the liquor store they're waiting for for uh, for McLovin and they're talking talking about her because she's a hot girl and they're like um, they're like I heard you got uh, breast reconstructive surgery and they're like 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 why would you do that it's like slapping God in the face we're giving you a gorgeous gift and then they're, t- they're talking about, and Michael Sarah's like no no they completely you know reshape them and all that kind of thing and Jonah Hill goes I gotta get a look at these warlocks <laughs> and like just like Referring to breasts as warlocks, and <laughs> that so it's just weird. such a weird thing, but it's so funny to me. So, as, let me let me connect this because this this is so funny to me again because you have the one friend kind of informing the other person. No, no, no this is an actual surgery that yeah. you know. So, my son's best friend, uh, my son is thirteen. His best friend's fourteen, getting ready to go into high school, and his dad just noticed he shaved for the first time, and he's like, "Did." Did, did did you shave, buddy? And he's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, did did you need help? Like, did you need me to tell you how to do it? Or anything? He's like, no, no, no. I FaceTimed my best friend and we did it together. Oh, Aww, my God. But, 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 but like it 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 reminded me of these this kind yeah. of relationship yeah. where yeah. you're like, yeah. you know, these guys, these boys that are, you know, teenagers and figuring they, it out together. Right? Figuring life out together. Yeah. And so, uh, like you said, it is so raunchy at times. But my friends were raunchy as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's also, 
I feel like sometimes films are only they're only showing, especially teenage boys, but they're only showing these this side of the raunchiness mm-hmm. to it. But there's also this insecurity to these boys yeah. that have that it comes out as well. And I just I, I just think it's really well done. There's probably not a week that goes by where I'm not, I, where I don't say out loud, <laughs> "Fuck me, right?" Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. in our vernacular forever. Yeah, I think for me, one of the other things that I like about Superbad too is. Uh, a movie like this, you would expect to, uh, and it seems like it does take this approach at first, is of having the, this very dude-centric, misogynistic kind of point of view of like, just, all we want to do is hook up with girls, because that's that's what they want to do. But they have this realization of like the best way to do it. You know, like they don't have to, you know, go out of their way to get girls drunk or anything like that. Like there's lessons to be learned for the characters and also for kids who have maybe seen a bunch of other movies like An American Pie or something yeah. like that, where they maybe taught the wrong lessons about those kinds of things. Whereas Superbad offers, I think, a very unique and genuine portrait of the teenage experience while also imparting like a bit of like actual modern wisdom of like hey you know like it doesn't have to be like this and it shouldn't be like this even though you think you know it th- that's what it needs to be so yeah. and so that's I, I at love the that. end right you are close to the end anyway the moment where they're going back to uh jonah hill's house i think and jonah hill says hey man i love you and there's yeah. that weird yeah where you're feeling weird too but then you're you're feeling the moment that i think that they want you to feel that there's these two guys that realize you know what I think I, I mean, every time I leave Ben's house, he, I'm not joking, tells me he loves me. Every like, time. Oh, <laughs> it's so like that, that's okay. So it's, it's this, I think to your point, Brad, it's also this kind of challenge to masculinity a little bit yeah. to say it's yes. okay. It, mm-hmm. it is okay. Yeah. I mean, I agree with everything you guys said. I also really love all the little things thrown into this movie. Just like when Jonah Hill's talking to him on the soccer field and he kicks the ball and keeps <laughs> talking to Dave him. Dave Franco. Yeah. 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 Like you said, it never stops moving. There's always something to see and laugh at. Like even if it's a tiny, tiny thing going on, I just that, really Why don't you piss your pants again? That was in like eighth grade, you <laughs> right, asshole. Yeah. People don't forget. I love it. Like, <laughs> the cops like, like throwing their guns up and catching them. Yeah. Like in the parking lot or whatever yeah, that was. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just throw, like cops right. are throwing the guns up and catching them. What are you doing? Like yeah. these are real cops. It's- and then speaking to the realness of it, the awkwardness is so well done like we like that scene where he acts he's going to punch her give her a friendly punch in the shoulder michael sarah to the girl he likes said he hits her in the chest the drawn out silence it's it's so long and it's such a good length because it's like oh god if you were really in this moment you would have no idea what to say (laughs) if you were a teenage boy it's really but it speaks to the direction because again it it is this awkward moment where you have to live in with the characters yeah and and it doesn't feel it doesn't feel manufactured. You're no. actually going looking around the same thing. Yeah. Like, and it's, I'm it's, so nervous. it's not played to be funny. It's played to be so real that it is <laughs> yeah. funny. And they do that constantly in the movie. And it's, I love that. Well, let's move on. All right, Brad. So you chose the film eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Why did you choose that film? Uh, so this was, uh, for me, like a turning point in my developing tastes for, for movies. Okay. For the longest time since I was a kid, I'd been a big fan of Jim Carrey. You know, I grew up watching Ace Ventura right. and Liar Liar and Mask. Batman Forever, The Mask. Yeah, all these all these movies to the point where, like, I still know so many of his lines and, and monologues and all that stuff. And I would recite them from memory when I was a kid. And I was just, you know, total ham. And so, uh, you know, as I was growing up, I was mostly like a mainstream movie person. So I was seeing blockbusters that would come out during the summer, you know, stuff with big names. I wasn't into, uh, you know, indie movies, you know, uh, prestige dramas and anything like that, really, unless it happened to cross my purview. I wasn't seeking them out. 
And because Jim Carrey was in this movie um, and I, I saw the trailer for it, I was just I was fascinated by the concept because it's, um, you know, this the sci-fi idea of like, what if you were able to erase memories from, you know, your mind so that you could forget somebody that you never had a relationship uh, and so this com- this movie comes out um, when I am just about to graduate high school. I'm definitely in those, you know, complicated, you know, moments of like figuring out relationships, that kind of thing, about ready to go to college. And this movie just comes along at a time where it really just reshapes my view of like what kind of movies are out there and the th- kind of things that I can look for. And so a- after seeing Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, I really started paying attention to movies where I didn't necessarily uh, wasn't aware of who was making them. And like, they were much more unconventional stories, things that, you know, didn't have explosions and like big laughs or anything like that. And, you know, if there's another movie that followed close behind this, that really fits um, that's the same parameters. It was uh, garden state, Mm -hmm. uh, which was a Sundance selected movie that Zach Braff directed. And it was also made by focus features. Me too. Um, it's one of those movies that has flaws because time hasn't been kind of certain aspects of it, but it's still, it still resonates and I still think it's a great movie, but killer soundtrack. It is. Yeah. It's one of the best soundtracks ever, but yeah. So eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Uh, and I think one of the things to me too, that I always appreciated about it was even though it's a movie that has a high concept, it's not a movie that required a big budget or anything like that. Like sure. You have Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet who are in it. Uh, this is the kind of movie, though, where they, they take a pay cut because they want to yeah. make it. And the way Michel Gondry made this movie is he they built so many practical sets and did a lot of perspective tricks with cameras to make it seem like pieces of the set were disappearing or that Jim Carrey was, uh, you know, a, a grown man but was the size of a child yeah. un- right. under a kitchen table and stuff right. like this. And just the way that they practically shot and did all these cool tricks to make you feel like you were inside, uh, you know, Jim Carrey's memory as it's being erased was just, was very cool to me. And so uh, on top of that, you know, it's, it has this very emotionally resonant story to it too. Um, we actually just talked about this on the podcast uh, for Go Fix Yourself. We just recorded with Ben and Susan that for the longest time, one of the things I loved about this movie is that, uh, spoiler alert, um, the ending of this movie is so, Throughout this movie, uh, Kate, Kate Winslet is the one who has erased Jim Carrey from her memory first. And so out of spite, Jim Carrey decides to do the same thing. And the entire movie, you're following the memory that he has of their relationship backwards from their most recent breakup to when they met. And so when they met is when the time that he she's about to be erased from his memory and the entire time he's been trying to hold on to her and hide her somewhere that they can't erase the memory. So uh, at the end of this, they realize what's been going on because uh, Kirsten Dunst, as an employee of the company, has uh, out of spite when she learns she's had an affair with the person who runs this memory erasing place, sends out everyone's files to everybody. And so they realize that they knew each other before and they were in a relationship. But no matter but even though they have, they have they erased each other. They found each other again and sparked roughly the same relationship and to me that was a very romantic idea of like wow here's two people who they got into a relationship they were fighting or not but and they forgot each other but they found their way back to each other again and then later i kind of had that perspective changed after listening to a, a podcast that comedian camille nanjiani was on and he talked about how sad the movie was and i was like why is it sad and for his perspective it's two people who shouldn't be together who are constantly coming to each other and trying to make a relationship work when they're doomed to fail every single time. And so that, you know, like crushed me. Yeah. Um, but I, but I love that you can have that, those two different perspectives. And that's for, for me, one of the best things about movies in general is just that you can take away 
different things from different totally movies different. and someone takes away something that you, you might not have picked up on or like it means something more to them that you know w- doesn't even resonate with you in the same way so yeah. like it's I love that yeah and I think it's a sign of a really great movie like you put a piece of your own life into it when you're interpreting it right which is what that ha- is happening with that ending like yeah. when I watch that movie I'm like oh this is so hopeful because you know just they hear all the things they hate about each other and they still want to try to make it work but also like you're right. That's toxic. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's bad. <laughs> but um, like, and you said it earlier when we were talking about it earlier, it's, you know, wherever you are in your life is going to influence how you interpret the ending of this movie. I was a f- philosophy minor in college as well. So it has this kind of philosophical bent to it about if you could erase your most painful moments, would you? Right. Mm-hmm. And as if you've lived long enough, you have painful moments. Right. And so would you have rather not gone through the good moments and then just, you know, erase the painful moment because the good moments weren't worth it. And I I love this kind of predicament. It actually kind of reminds me philosophically a little bit of Inception in dealing with grief and dealing with, you know, how do you make peace with life as it is? Um, Not the life you wanted, but the life as it is. And so I, 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 I love this film. Great performances, really well done. And I was really, really happy to watch it when Brad assigned it to me, so... Great film. It's that thing of uh, uh, if you're on vacation and you're having mm-hmm. a good time for the week you're on vacation, are you only enjoying vacation because it's a break from your what you have right. to do for for a living? Yeah. So uh, do you only appreciate your your good things because you had the bad things happen? What would happen if you deleted the bad things? What if life was a vacation the whole time? You, would that get boring? Would that be actually more sad? You know, if you don't have a, a peak to to achieve, right? Um, so it pulls all of those things in a pretty sharp focus. Uh, you start having real conversations with yourself while you're watching this movie. Mm. And that's, I think that it's one of those rare times where it actually does that. Uh, I've seen so many movies that are supposed to be thought provoking. Um, and they're either very, very bland or, or, or very on the nose. Yeah. It could absolutely be a high concept film, but because you just experience it from the character's point of view, you know, they don't over explain the the technology. They don't like. Even the format of the film, which is, you know, a time kind of, you know, they out of out of, you know, it's not linear right, with their timeline. So the way they do it, though, is all always from their point of view, which I think is so good and so clever. And of course, Charlie Kaufman wrote this is an excellent writer. But it's I what really stands out to me is how practical this Mm -hmm. film was made. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because you actually really see, you know, like how they made it so that the lighting works and the all, all the props and all the sets really they just crafted so much and i'm sure that was painstaking work but it really makes it just feel so real and so practical and you know it just adds so much to the story yeah it's easy to forget the sci-fi component of it right it feels like oh this must be something that exists right exactly it's yeah because it's so grounded it yeah. yeah one of the little things i love about this movie and i love i love when any movie does this um is the the opening credits for this movie don't start until like 20 minutes yeah. Yeah, uh, into the movie. It's, it's and when it, like when it happens, I'm, I'm always like, ah, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and it's a clear act break, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, that, that is great. Cool. All right. Well, are you guys up for talking about one more movie? No, it depends on what it is. I think we're okay. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, it's so. a little like indie. It didn't do very well. No one's heard of it. Van Conowitz, you yeah. chose the film Predator. Why did you choose it? It is my favorite movie of all time. Hey, listeners is, of our podcast know he loves Arnold. I do love Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I think he is iconic in all all the right ways. He's uh, a 
a self-made man for sure. But man, the, the, the movie itself, right? I was introduced to it when I was like 12 years old right. by my mom. Um, who was a huge movie fan herself. I got to see it on home video back then. And it was, of course, I'm 12 years old. It's super R-rated. But she was like, you know, it's just fl- it's fake, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, mom, it's fake. Let's watch let's guns. I like guns. <laughs> so, but I think that it was the first movie that I ever saw that was truly awesome. Like, and what mm-hmm. that word was supposed to mean before it became thrown around. That's an awesome burrito. Awesome should be you're you're awestruck. You are you are in awe of something. And when I saw that film in my little 12-year-old brain, it blew me the fuck away. Like, you've got the, the, the back then, you know, the the invisible nature of, of, a, of a beast or a predator or an alien, whatever you want to call it, um, systematically hunting down the, the, the baddest men on the planet, right? So it is a... It's a who's who of the most macho dudes in the world uh, paired against this thing that is what what could possibly be bigger than Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. And they finally pulled it off in a movie. And Kevin Peter Hall is seven foot two. And so in that costume, he looks enormous. Uh, and in, in the direction, it, they shot it on location in Mexico. And so the location you know, was before CGI, really. I mean, obviously, they did the, the, the cloaking device with CGI. But other than that, it's very practical effects. Um, a lot of the, the this was one of the first real Schwarzenegger movies that while he did have the kind of throwaway cheese like he throws a knife into a guy and he goes stick around like he yeah. he has but they were kind of getting away from that a little bit it was more about the 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 performance of of the the action right rather than the actual silly catchphrases and so that that, that was a kind of a little bit more of a departure for him but again uh one of the most well-made action movies of all time and just it is to me it really held up um because of that uh, because of Schwarzenegger, because of Carl Weathers, Bill Duke, Jesse the Body of Ventura, uh, all of these guys, even Shane Black, who was on the on the set to rewrite the script, um, he, he uh, played uh, uh, Hawkins. Well, you didn't know Shane Black would go on to write movies like Lethal Weapon. He directed Iron Man mm-hmm. Three. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, The Last Boy Scout, The Nice Guys, Nice Guys, yeah. So I mean, obviously, a very prolific writer and director, right. but they only had him there because they wanted to punch up the script while they were on it. And also, he was supposed to be writing uh, Sergeant Rock. It was like another comic book that Schwarzenegger was. Maybe Every now and then, do. like they talk about him still doing that. Yeah, it's so really? weird. Yeah, it, it, it was a long gestating thing that never came to fruition. But if uh, a little Easter egg for all of you Predator fans out there, uh, in the in the end credits, um, Hawkins is seen reading a Sergeant Rock comic. And so that's the oh, little, that's cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, so, and Kevin Peter Hall actually plays the helicopter pilot that comes to pick them up at the end. He, uh, he oh, I he, know that. Yep, uh, very very tall, 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 lean black gentleman uh, who leans in and just kind of gives a smirk, like ah, it was me the whole time. I also love that. Basically, it, it ends up being a, a story about. Uh, Carl Weathers, uh, just as much as it is of our Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. So it, there is some redemption here, and there is. Uh, this is a movie that the, it, it was made in 1987, and there weren't a lot of movies for people of color. And Bill Duke and uh, uh, Carl Weathers, huge parts of this movie, mm-hmm. and not played as some stupid person or some or, or the villain. They were the good guys. Even though Carl Weathers starts off as a bad guy, he has this redeeming arc and comes yeah. through. You did not see that in the 80s whatsoever. So this was um, 
It was more about like the brotherhood between this this platoon of, of elite soldiers and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, what really gets me is it's you cannot make a person look more masculine and and larger <laughs> muscles than Arnold Schwarzenegger. You just it just doesn't exist, right? So to watch them go toe to toe is one of the coolest things ever. It's got the best scream ever yep. yell oh, scream yeah. when yeah. he lights the torch and he goes Aah! if you listen to that it is incredible and that's just, there's a lot of incredible moments in this it really is the heyday of the action movie star right it's, and yeah. it's just really right yep. there uh, yeah. so the, the firefight where they're shooting at nothing mm-hmm. all yes. that reloading all yeah. of that wasted whatever all those squibs that go off in the jungle I mean they're wasting hundreds and hundreds of rounds everything was bigger right it was just made to be this epicness and it, it really did work out well you know the movie works because it is the the world's best soldiers, right? They're all there to to do a mission. Then, of course, they don't know about the predator. But but when he, the predator starts picking them off, they are genuinely scared, yeah. and they are like worried about each other. And it's like those relationships are real. So it grounds the film. It's not just like a bunch of you know dumb big guys fighting a monster. I mean, that's what it might be perceived as. But it really is like a fight for survival. There's a there's a bit of tropiness, but there there's a Native American character, right? Sure. Yeah. And he, he, yeah. he, you know, Billy, you ain't afraid of no man, you know, like, and the, the, it's yeah. you know because obviously he's not, right? But mm-hmm. he knows something's out there, and and uh, you know, even though the trope exists for a reason, um, it's it's it. I can't help but watch that scene and go, oh goddamn, that's, yeah, <laughs> Billy knows, he knows, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just. And then when they start to slowly realize that he he, he didn't kill you because you want he didn't kill you because you were unarmed, right. so he won't doesn't want her to have a gun and all these little. Nuances, and of course, there there is a little bit of story there with the CIA. Uh, you yeah. know the, the you know the the lies that he cooked up to get Schwarzenegger into the jungle in the first place. It's it's just it's more complicated than I think people give it credit for, and it's it's w- much more well written than I think people give it credit for because you are on paper you're just looking at this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of, but it plays so well. Yeah, and a quick shout out to the 2022. Prey film, if you didn't yes. see that, because mm-hmm. that is Prey such is a, a great, super, super big. Uh, As somebody that loves the Predator series, yes. you were so happy Incre- with this, weren't you? I was so happy that they finally did something good with the series yeah. after the original. Now, Predator Two uh, has its quirks, and it, and it was set in a city, and it was a little fun. But beyond that, uh, I I actually am a defender of Predators, the Robert, Robert Rodriguez version. You love Alien versus Predator a lot too, right? Fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> you can go to hell, and you know that. Uh, yeah, the AVP movies are just trash. Um, but the but the Predators one actually, where they put Adrian Brody uh, as the star and put them on an off world like hunting. He doesn't have planet. the same muscles. He as does not. <laughs> he pulled it off pretty well though to be like an elite special forces. I mean, guy. he got stacked in his own way. He did. He did the best that he could. He was probably eating a lot of chicken. So, but no, there 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 were there was good parts about that film. Uh, the Predator was d- written by Shane Black. Kind of shit the bed. I mean, I. <laughs> I, for as a fan of the series, liked it, but like I know why people don't. Yeah. Um, but Prey was, if you haven't seen Prey, listener, uh, do yourself a favor. I'd be, I'd be, even be okay if you saw that instead of Predator, because these days it's, it's probably the better film. Yeah. Uh, but the, the obviously the '87 blockbuster original. I disagree with that it's the better film, just because I think one of the things that people don't uh, immediately realize about Predator is its subversion of that like machismo action movie, because it starts off like a movie like Commando or yep. something like that where it's like oh look at these tough guys and like yeah they're sweaty in the jungle and they're they're pulling off this mission go and on then, and then, <laughs> but then but then they all have to deal with this thing where like no they're not the strongest people and like right. they yeah. all just start getting killed and so like you're expecting this th- these big action heroes and stuff like that to to actually you know 
be these big men and it's like but they're nothing compared to the predator and that's one of the things that makes it makes it so good is like taking that action formula and being like ah nope it's not these guys that are the heroes you know as as well as uh if Carl Weathers is the villain at the first part because yeah. they don't know about the Predator yet, and then when Carl Weathers understands and, and, and Arnold Schwarzenegger understands that they'd have to beat this thing, Carl Weathers wants no part of it, right? He's sitting out, and then Arnold Schwarzenegger walks out, Dutch walks out into the jungle, and it doesn't work. And what are you going to try next, cheese? He's making fun of him. He's right. like, well, maybe if you got out of your lazy ass and helped us, we could do this. And then they all have to start working together. And of course, it takes his shirt off, and he's, you know, a ripped. Right. <laughs> in order to, to do it. Yeah. But it, you're right, Brad. It does throw a lot of those things on their heads there's more to it than meets the eye i do want to shout out the predator's face reveal very cool i mean that could have gone anyway right and it could have been super cheesy but i think it did a really good job with so the stan winston stan winston baby uh, designed that but also did you know this uh, uh did, did you know this did you know this <laughs> james cameron uh, had the idea for the mandibles. Really? Because they were uh, him and Stan Winston were on a flight together, and Stan was sketching it out, and he goes, you know, I've never seen one with mandibles. And so he's like, oh, I'll try that. And that's how that happened. <laughs> Throw some mandibles on there. And there cool. you go. Ben, do you think you would have liked Predator as much if you had gotten to see Jean-Claude Van Damme as Predator instead uh, of Kevin no. Peter Hall? That was a, a real possibility. Yeah, yeah. He, they shot scenes. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme was cast as the original Predator back when the uh, when the script was called Hunter, and he was uh, in a red suit, and he was all five foot six of them, and it was supposed to be more like a, kind of a, like a spidery character where you're like a uh, monkey flinging from trees to tree and, and very fast. That's what they were going for originally, and it just wasn't working, so yeah. mm-hmm. uh, the producers really forced... Van Dam out because he was he was complaining a lot obviously because the suit's extremely hot and all this other stuff but he was uh, he was trying to make don't really like being up in trees (laughs) (laughs) what if the predator just walked slowly on the ground I mean but then when you when you switch from that to the the menacing you know super tall Kevin Peter Hall and and in that the 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 sound mixing is actually really good here because when he steps and he's stepping on the logs and snapping the twigs and and the, and the branches and it, it feels so forceful and they did a really good job of, of mixing the sound on that. I think these are probably three of the best movies ever made. Yes, they perfectly encapsulate who you guys are. So yeah, it is. If you want to know about our personality, you've never listened to our podcast. Those films pretty much describe yeah. us as people as well. We'd like to finish up our show today with a special game tournament. We are going to play two games, and then the top scores from both will move on to our championship round. So our first game is called Eternal Superbad of the Spotless Predator. Oh. Yeah. In honor of our films today, we're going to see how all of you know those films. So Brad, Ben, Nate, and Susan, you're all going to be playing against each other. So here are the rules. I'm going to read a trivia question about one of our movies today. You will ring in by shouting your name and then answer. You will earn a point if you are correct, and if you're incorrect, the other players will get a chance to answer. I have nine questions for you to answer, and the person with the most points will win our game. Are we ready to play? Oh, yeah. Number one, in the film Predator, which character from Dutch's team is killed by the Predator first? Yes. Hawkins. Correct. Of course you can. Yeah. <laughs> well, good news, Nate, because the next one's about Superbad. I'm still not going to get Come on, have some confidence, buddy. You, you love that movie. I do. In the film Superbad, when the group at the party forces Evan to sing something, what song does he sing? 
Susan, but I don't know. That's right. I don't is, know the name of the yeah, song. Yeah, is it just called These Eyes? Yes, it that's is. what I was going to say, because that's <laughs> all I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so. All right. Yeah. These Very eyes good. Yeah. 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 for you. <laughs> Number three. In the film Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, we mostly see the characters and memories, but what color is Clement's hair in Joel's real life? Ben. Purple? Incorrect. Brad. Blue. That is correct. Brad, you're on the board with one point. But purple is a form of blue. Yeah. Uh, that is incorrect. <laughs> Minus one point. To me. <laughs> Which line is not from the film Predator? Get to the chopper. If it bleeds, we can kill it. I can't lie to you about your chances, but you have my sympathies. Ben. ben. That one. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> the last line was, I ain't got time to bleed. I can't lie to you about your chances, but you have my sympathies is from Alien. Ah. Yeah. All right. Ben, ben got it. <laughs> that one. I don't know it's, it's wait, wait, what, was the, what were the first like three le- three words there? I can't lie to that, you. Like right there, that's not that's not in there. I know the script by memory. Number five. In super bad. What dessert does everyone have to make in home ec? Bread. Bread. Tiramisu. In, that is correct. Oh, no, that is it. That is it. Yep, absolutely. Very good, Brad. All right, number six of nine. In Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, where does Clementine work? Brad. Brad. A bookstore. Uh, I need more specific. A Barnes & Noble. That is correct. Very good. You have taken the lead with three points. Nice job, buddy. Number seven. Who voiced the Predator, and what was that actor's other big voiceover role? I actually don't know that. It's clearly Vin Diesel. <laughs> oh, my God. It, it is not. Um, I'm going to give you guys a hint. This is a voice from the Transformers series. Brad? Yes. Is it Peter Cullen? It is Peter oh. Cullen. The voice of Optimus Prime oh, nice. was also the voice of the Predator in the ben first film. I didn't know that. Yeah, Ben does a good Optimus Prime, actually. I don't think I've ever read that. Crazy. I read that trivia ever. There you go. Number eight. In Superbad, Evan tells Vogel that wearing a vest makes him look like what Disney character? Brad. Brad. Aladdin. Yeah. That is correct. <laughs> I knew that. Damn it. I was and like, finally, steal one back. <laughs> finally, <laughs> number nine. In Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Mary mentions the name of a movie in a quote from a piece by what poet? Ben. Yes. Keats. Incorrect. Yeah, I had to stick But that's a good guess. the only poet you knew because that was really yeah. impressive. Yeah. I, I know the exact scene and I know it's it's Kirsten Dunn. Uh, yeah, She's talking about it with the doctor. Yeah. And I'm yes. trying but I, I'm trying to think of the line so I can remember it. It's Dr. Um, Seuss. <laughs> Dr. Seuss. Alexander Pope. Yes. That's correct. Yeah, he this is why it's not fair. <laughs> My God. There, and the, the reason is though, it's because in the in the scene she says she's high and she says Pope Alexander. But like uh, he cr- like politely corrects her and says Alexander Pope, right. and she's like, "Oh, I meant to say Alexander Pope," and I told myself not to say it, so I didn't right. sound stupid, and so that's that's why I remember it because of the the switch. Okay, okay, fine. You know, in, in the Predator. Well, congratulations. <laughs> you know, the voice is Peter Cullen, who you might remember also did Optimus Prime. All righty. Well, congratulations to Brad. Uh, I'm sorry you will not be moving on to the finale, Nate. I, I, dang it. But you do need to play our next game, which Susan will host. Oh, good. Yes. All right. So this game, it's three very short rounds because there's one round inspired by each movie. Okay. Round one, inspired by Predator. These are all movies starring Predators. So again, just buzz in with your name on this one. So you're just giving me the name of the movie. I'm going to read a short description that I wrote. So it's going to be okay. Susan, I love this game already. So I don't usually write the game, so this could get rough. 
All right, number one, this horror comedy remakes a 1978 movie and brings it into the third dimension. Brad. Yeah. Jaws 3D. Not Jaws 3D. Oh. There's an it is water based. Ben. Yeah. Piranha 3D. Yes. That's what I was gonna say. I think there's a piranha 3D. Ben, I'm just gonna give you a bonus point. What is the sequel's title? Uh, Prana uh, Double D. Yeah. Three, three double three D. Double D. Three Double D. Oh, yes, because it's okay. in three D and yes. there's breasts. <laughs> All right, so Ben's got a point. All right, that was Ben. Yep. Yes. Okay. Oh yeah, Ben B. All right, number two. This purposely female predator could be seen as the true hero of this movie, where humans become the victims of their own biofeed. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you both mumbled. It's, he was first, yeah. Okay. Jurassic Park. Yeah. Yes, it is Jurassic Park. Ben's got two. I do love that Brad was like, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number three. These multi-leg, multi-legged hybrids slowly take out a California town in this 1990 movie. Yeah. Eight-legged freaks. Brad. Yep. Tremors. No. No. Do you want to finish it? Alien Freaks came out what? like what late 2000. That's the whole thing. In this 1990 movie. Okay. Alien Freaks. 1990. Oh. 1990. Yeah. Oh, so multi-legged yeah. hybrids. Now I know what it is. Slowly take out a California town in this 1990 movie. Maybe if you don't know it, can we guess again? Yeah. Well, Ben might know it. I'll give them both a chance to concede. I don't know it. I'll concede yeah. it. Yeah, I don't ben, know. arachnophobia. It is arachnophobia. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Told you. They both conceded, and then we get to go. I did concede. Ben conceded. He got the point. Yeah. Number four. A documentary film crew is forced into trying to capture an abnormally large beast after meeting a man in the forest in this 1997 film. Ben. Yeah. Anaconda. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Anaconda. Yeah. I, forgot that I was thinking it's a snake is, film. Is it yeah. a documentary a crew? Is that what they're doing? It's, it's like a national. Ge- I was thinking of like a mockumentary style yeah. movie. It's a National Geographic nice. film crew. Jennifer Affleck is in it. Yes. Yes. Wait, using her married name. Nice. nice. <laughs> she has not updated her IMDb page to say that. <laughs> All right, number five. These fuzzy little guys in this 1984 film make great pets as long as you time their. <laughs> what did you say, Grimace? No, I said Ben. I, know, I, I, I said Grim, and then I to, didn't I, say my name. I, uh, the the film mean, is you, Gremlins. Yeah. yeah, if you change your name right now, Nate, you can have that one. You change it to Gremlin. All right. Oh, and then Grimace. number six, this film takes place in 1898. I don't know if anyone will get this. Ezra Lambert and his family travel from Sacramento to the Yukon Gold Country in search of treasure. Problems arise when Ezra is injured and attacked by a grizzly bear, forcing his young son to set out in search of help. What move? What year? This is, I think, seventies. Ben. Grizz- yeah. yeah. Gentle Ben. No. A grizzly <laughs> attacks them while they're hunting for treasure. Nate. Oh, go ahead. Ooh, no. We're gonna give it to Nate. Smokey and the Bandit. No. <laughs> Smokey the ben. Bear and the Bandit. Yeah. Treasure Bear. Uh. Plus, bear. I might just give it to you. <laughs> so no one's going to get this. It's called The Grizzly and the Treasure. But the only reason I included that last one is because there's a bonus point in this round. All of these movies are connected to another Predator movie based on who's worked. Someone who's worked on all of these movies has also worked on this one Predator movie. Prana 3D, Jurassic Park, Arachnophobia, Anaconda, Gremlins, and The Grizzly and the Treasure. All, it's not the same person on every movie. Brad. Yeah. Jaws? It is Jaws. Yeah. So what's the connection, though? So most of those are Steven Spielberg, but also Chrissy is in The Grizzly and the Treasure, which is the only reason I included it. Uh, And then um, Anaconda, uh, I think it's the, it's a producer. There's another person, there's a guy who worked on Jaws who also worked on Anaconda, who's like top build on the the crew. There you go. Gotcha. That's cool. 
All right, round two is called Super Baddies. And I'm going to name a movie and you name the actor and the character they play in the movie. And it's all people from Superbad who went on to play a villain. Villain is used pretty generously for some of these. <laughs> so number one is Megamind. Brad. Yep. Jonah Hill. Yeah. And I don't know his character name. But that's the whole game. That's half the that's game. That's right. So someone could steal a point right no now. No one else knows his character name. <laughs> no, if yeah. I, if okay. I don't know no his character name, no one else knows. It's Chauncey. It's Titan. 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 All right. Next is Kick-Ass. Ben. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Mintz-Plasse. Yep. Played uh, the Ooh, red, red the red velvet. Um, uh, ben. Red mist. All right. <sighs> so that's a point for each of you. So that Brad has one. You have one. Both Bens have one. All right. Youth and Revolt. Ben. Yeah. Michael Sarah. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, he has no idea. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Do you know? No. Nick, <laughs> Nick Twisp. That's that was hard because Michael Sarah doesn't play villains ever. All right. Uh, Cruella. Brad. Yeah. Emma Stone. Yeah. Oh, was you? Who's your play, Brad? I got this. villain. <laughs> Jafar. Yes. Correct. <laughs> and then finally, Twenty One Jump Street. Brad. Uh, Jonah Hill. Nope. No. Nice Wait, try. No. 21 Jump Street? Yeah. 21. The it's villain. a villain. Oh, yeah. shit. And he was also shit. in Super Bad. Shit, 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 yeah, shit, so shit, he's shit, already man. wrong. Dave Franco. Yeah, it is Dave Franco. And uh, his name is. I feel like I know his name actually, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to have to think of like the lines. Ethan. Uh, Ethan? Uh, Schmidt. Close. Uh, it could be. That could be like a. It's close. It feels right. <sighs> I, I, I Tanner. Can't give it too fast. Because he, uh, he yells back when they're in jail. Right uh, at the end there, or no? That's in twenty two. That's in twenty two. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't think of his name though. No, I can't. Kyle. Eric. 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 Yeah. Eric. All right. In round three, I almost forgot. That's the name of the round because it's based on Internal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. So these are all movies where characters have forgotten something or are trying to remember something. They're all based on memory. So again, I'm just going to read a short description. Buzz in with your name. It's just the title. The characters in this rom-com make their relationship work despite constantly having to reset to the beginning of it. Ben. Yeah. 50 first dates. Yep. Oh. All right. A woman overcomes her short-term memory loss to help reunite a father ben. with his son. Yeah. Finding Nemo. Yep. <laughs> this is your round. Ben. The lead in this film tries to piece back together his identity. Ben. Ben. Yeah. Damn it. Memento. It was Ben Conowitz. Memento? No. Ooh. After waking up on a fishing boat. Oh, shit. Oh, Brad. Yeah. The Born Identity. Yep. Number four, on a different boat, in a different movie, <laughs> a rich playboy falls off a yacht, loses ben. his memory. Yeah. Overboard. Yep. Oh. The new one. <laughs> yeah. Number five, like many of us, the main character in this movie jots down notes to himself Brad. to remember things. Yeah. Memento. Yeah. No, I mean, that uses ink, but not paper. Yeah. yeah. It's memento. Six. This guy is just looking for a quick vacation to relieve himself of his restless nights. Instead, he's plunged into war. At least he thinks it's a war. This is probably the hardest one. Oh, Brad. Yeah. Total Recall. Yes. Um, nice job, oh, Schwarzenegger yeah. fan. All right. No, that makes that sense. That is all mine. So I lost track of the points. So for the finale, it's going to be Susan, Brad, and Ben. Pew, pew, right. pew, pew, pew. Ladies and gentlemen, here we are for our grand finale. We are going to play a game that we're calling Keeping It 100. Over our last 100 episodes, we have covered a lot of movies, and today we're going to see how well all of you know them based on synonyms of their titles. So here are the rules. I'm going to give you the title of a film we've covered on this show, but I've changed the real words for synonyms. You buzz in by shouting 100 
And whoever gets the most correct will win our prize. And Susan, what's our prize? It's Life in the Credits merchandise. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, it is a small T-shirt. <laughs> Brad and Ben are out of luck. Yep. All right. <laughs> so I have 10 synonyms here for you guys. Are you ready to Let's play? Let's do it. Sure. Okay. Number one, yell. 100. Yes, Brad. Scream. Scream is correct. <laughs> You're on the board. Number two. Enjoyable desire stalking. Ben. Yes. Goodwill hunting. Correct. Wow. Very good. Number three. Ancient geologic plaza. Sometimes words can be combined to give you your synonym. Ancient geologic plaza. 100. Yes, Susan. Susan, old house. <laughs> I have no idea. Not correct. I'm sorry. Oh, oh Brad, or uh, 100. <laughs> yeah, Brad. Jurassic Park. Yes. Oh. Very good. Brad, you're at two points in the lead. Number four, return to the tomorrow. Ben. Yes. Back to the future. You are also at two points. Number five, <laughs> the noble woman wife. I got it. I got it. Ben. Yes, ben. The princess bride. Yes. Oh, geez. Very good. I was going to guess the good spouse because I didn't, I, again, had no. <laughs> and Kyle was taking the lead with three points. So what do you have, Susan? Zero. Okay. So, <laughs> it is three to two. Okay. If anything, I have negative two points for just shouting out bullshit. <laughs> but I respect the, I respect the Hey, hey, yeah. to be fair, I love Old House. <laughs> uh, my dad and I did watch a lot of This Old House. Yeah. <laughs> but I love those. Aren't these like things that you guys have talked about on your show before? Or like, yeah. yeah. Wow, <laughs> Nate. Jeez. Throwing you, some you, shade. You, uh, That's you, worse than I would do. Do you want to make fun of like maybe her, her shoes or like her haircut or anything, anything else? You want to just... Number six, capture yours truly, given thou is oh, able. Oh, a uh, hundred. Yeah. Susan, catch me if you can. Yes. Yeah. Nice. And Susan's on the one. board. Nicely done. See, I Number just had to have a talk with Susan. Yeah. She yeah. Yeah. I just had to really rile her up. I just need to give me a yeah, little, a, little like a coach's talk. Just yeah. a coach's talk. Hustle up. <laughs> Number seven, elderly academy. 400. Old school. Sorry, shit. Nah, yeah, yeah, Brad, buzz in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old Brad. school. Yeah, that is yeah, correct. Yes, yes, yes. So he has tied it up at three points, Ooh, and Susan's man. at one. So, Susan, you can still win. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to get the rusty right. Yep, I believe in you. <laughs> Number eight, knife jogger. 100. Yes, Brad. Blade Runner. Nice. Ooh, yes, uh, a, a, a commandingly. We got two more. Nice. Number nine, nocturnal flying mammal dude. 100. God. <laughs> yes, Batman. Batman. Absolutely, it's Batman. <laughs> and number 10, formerly at an hour in Tinseltown. Oh, Brad. Su 100. Brad. Oh, God. <laughs> Once upon part. a time in Hollywood. It sure is. Nicely done. And that means Brad is taking home the prize. Boo, 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 boo. But honestly, we can give you all some merch. <laughs> yeah, you guys are all, <laughs> all winners. You're all getting merch. Well, guys, it's been a long one, but thank you guys yeah, for doing this. This is, this awesome. is so thank much fun, yeah, Thanks guys. for having us. Before we let you go, would you like to plug anything? Go flicks yourself. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, that's our podcast where we talk about movies and sometimes TV shows. <laughs> also, the 10 to 1 podcast is our Saturday Night Live podcast. They're available wherever you get your podcasts. Or go um, to goflickyourselfpod.com or mm-hmm. the 10 to 1.com. Yeah, and you can uh, like our Facebook page or our, follow our Twitter account. Uh, it's X. Nope, it's not. <laughs> uh, also, our, our, I'm on Twitter at Ethan underscore Anderton. And Brad, Brad writes for Slash Films, so check him out there. They, he does on a podcast called Slash Film Daily every once in a while. I was, I was going to get to that, yeah. Arcades. Look at Brad's junk on Instagram. Don't you have a cool uh, cool arcade if people are ever in the... Oh, if you're yeah. in Northwest Indiana and you want to check out the baddest arcade on the planet, I own Full Tilt Arcade and Pinball featuring 23 pinball machines. Largest collection in Northwest Indiana. And if you like movies, there's a lot of them that are just based on movies. It's very true. I'm not going to lie to you. We have a water world and a shadow. It's great. Yeah. And, and just for funsies, uh, if you like... Uh, different kinds of uh, junk food, soft drinks, and whatnot. Uh, feel free to check out my Instagram, Brad's Junk. Uh, the username is at Look at Brad's Junk, and I post about a bunch of new snacks over there. It's a lot of fun. We have a good time. You know, just smash that subscribe button, that like button for, uh, for li- life in the credits. Yeah, like push it as hard as you push yourself uh, during a good workout. That's well, thank you guys. <laughs> we appreciate it. Uh, we always love recording with you guys on your show, and it's always a pleasure. Yeah. So thank you for doing this. Honestly, we are we're very honored that you guys yeah, asked you guys. us to do your hundredth episode. This means a lot to us. Yeah. we love you. Life in the Credits is hosted and produced by me, Susan Swarner. And me, Ben Bloom. It's executive produced by Michelle Levin. The music is written and performed by Steve Trowbridge. You can hear more of Steve's music at TrowbridgeSongs.com. The show logo is created by Melissa Durkin. If you'd like to support Life in the Credits and get access to exclusive perks, you can do so at Patreon.com. If you'd like to follow or get a hold of us, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Life in the Credits or shoot us an email at lifeinthecredits at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I would like to <laughs> plug uh, the song Butterfly Kisses. Oh, nice. Oh. Yeah, it's hey, just hey, a- sing a little. Butterfly Kisses. <laughs> and a I want to plug the movie Butterfly Effect. Ooh, oh, Ashton Kutcher. Nate, yeah. Nate, any butterfly plugs? Uh, no, I did just see a video, <laughs> though, of uh, some penguins on, uh, oh. on Twitter following a butterfly, and it was really cute. Oh, that's a butterfly plug. <laughs> oh, I saw that video, yeah. too, actually. That was great. Yeah. 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 What are we doing That right was now? really cute. What <laughs> the fuck are you guys doing? This new segment where we just talk about butterflies. <laughs> and also other animals that watch butterflies. Yeah. <laughs> that was really cute. These little penguins. Yeah, yeah there's a little like, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>